Hey everyone, this is Trauma Drama, and we are your hosts, Kaylee and Nick, and this is where we discuss surviving adulthood. We can probably agree that we're all pretty fucked up and that it affects us every day, whether we know it or not. I used to think that wasn't me, but if you come from a family, live in our society, go to school, experience love, sex, and friendships, then you're in the right place. Kay and I are going to break down everyday life and problems that come from managing your drama post-trauma. Let's fucking do it. Welcome back. You are back with Trauma Drama. This is Kaylee and that is Nick. And we are so excited to talk with you today. We have a really fun, really triggering episode today. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be, as Nick calls it, a super fun show. So (laughs) I'm pretty excited. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be sick, I guess, just to start off today. Yeah. So we're going to start off with some mommy issues. Nice little fun topic. Story. Yeah. And then we're going (laughs) to. We're going to introduce a new segment today, which is pretty exciting. And then we're going to do our sweet and sours because we missed Sunday's recording. So yeah. What's up with you? Huh? Nothing. Nothing is new really with me. I'm just, I'm drowning at work in August. Like as an educator, the month of August is I think everybody's worst nightmare. So we're in the process of getting ready for the semester, managing move-in, like doing all these really busy and taxing things. And so I'm, I'm pretty much working every weekend this month, um, which is going to be a lot, but it's okay. We'll, we'll get through it. Um, I'm also still doing fun things at the gym. So that's, Oh yeah. Cool. Your gym. Do you want yes. to talk about your hair real quick or, at, uh, thank you for bringing that up. She yeah. has green hair. Everybody. It was an accident. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I hope that people out there can relate to this, but I was going through something. I don't know what I was going through and my hair is, naturally brunette, but I like to dye it blonde and like keep it pretty light. And so it's been like six months since I've seen my hairdresser. And so my blonde started to get pretty brassy and like pretty orangish. And I said, why don't I just do something fun and like go to Ulta and get like a purple color over my, my hair. And so I did that. And now my highlights are green. So unfortunately it doesn't look cute. It doesn't look good. And I have students moving in and RAs that are coming in the next few weeks. So (laughs) it is a big, like I have worn my hair in a bun for the past two days because I don't want anyone to see it. So you look like a Dr. Seuss character. Thank you. (laughs) Not very nice. Oh shit. I know. (laughs) All right. Well, let's just jump into it then. So tell me what's going on with you. No, no, no. Nothing's going on with me. I don't care. That is a lie. No, this story. No, the story that I'm about to share you is what's going on. Is what's going on. Yeah. So trigger warning. (laughs) 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 Is that going to be our official trigger warning sound? That was what I wanted to show you. Yeah. Oh, I liked it. Um, fuck. Okay. So it does have to do with mommy issues. So mm-hmm. my mom needed a ride to the airport. Well, first, do you want to give a little Monday history? Morning. Do you want to give a little, you don't want to give history? I don't know. What history do they need? I mean, I think it's important to say like Nick and I, a lot of our trauma comes from our moms. Like we both have pretty serious, deep seated mommy issues. Yeah. Um, both of our moms have a lot of like similar issues, but, um, it affects us in different ways. And like, there's some different dynamics going on. And so I think, um, it's important to say like, you are trying to rebuild a relationship with your mom, right? Like you're trying to reconnect with her. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's been getting better 
like mm-hmm. she's kind of neurotic a little bit so <laughs> that's where we're at now the mixture sure. of she's being like triggered from her past in sure. the present day like whatever she's going through right now so she's dealing with that on top of like some medication stuff like it's yeah. it's a fucking mess have you ever witnessed like a tornado yeah that's what it looks like um yeah so i mean i don't know i don't really know what background no i think you said it i think that was great i think um something that's really different about mine and Nick's moms is that we, we have a lot of the same, like I said, they struggle with a lot of the same things. Like my mom also struggles a lot with like narcissism and neuroticism. I don't know if neuroticism is or being neurotic. Um, but like undiagnosed mental health issues, managing, um, their own traumas, like all those same things. And borderline personality disorder. My, yeah, my mom has had over 20 years of prescription drug abuse, Mm -hmm. um, has been convicted, like CPS was involved in our lives. Like that is a big part of my past. Um, but my mom is not mobile. Um, and so I think something right. different about our moms is that they do the same things, but your mom is very mobile. When your mom's that- speaking, she's facing the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the letter L upside down. Yes. My mom manages, um, you know, she has issues and has struggled with an opioid addiction because she has broken her back a bunch of different times. Um, likely story, but yeah. That's the story is that she's had a lot of issues. Yeah, she's had a lot of back issues and then goes through the process of kind of doctor shopping and getting new doctors, mm-hmm. new surgeries, new opioids kind of thing. Um, I mean, mine's so pretty similar. Full-time. She said the back surgery, the pain meds, right? Because yeah. I that yeah. I guess when we were like when we were kids, the drugs, alcohol, that stuff was really present in your gro- in your upbringing. It wasn't yeah. in mine. My my mm-hmm. mom, I don't even remember my parents drinking. Right. Like, it wasn't a thing, but it's just funny. I know. I used to remember like why my mom would have one martini and be on the floor, which makes sense. Also taking 900 other things. Um, that can happen to the best of us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Um, but literally my mom is full-time Walker wheelchair. Um, and so your mom is a little bit more mobile and I think that makes a difference in, like it doesn't obviously make a difference in the relationship because we want to support folks that don't have the same ability as us. But I think when ability is impacted because of drugs and alcohol or other abuse, it becomes harder to empathize with people that are managing those things. Yeah. So I think that's a big, you know, that's some of my drama from my trauma is like, <laughs> how do I empathize with my parents? And so I think, I wonder if like, I haven't heard the story that Nick is. No, that's talk. literally like yeah. what I had discussed I'm so in my excited. counseling. I was like, okay, let's pretend this is a normal relationship, a normal person. How I under, I think I understand how I would have acted, but now I've got to like put up all these yep. boundaries and obstacles. Yep. And so yeah. So, so fucking I'll, I'll just, annoying. just jump into this. Right? I'm ready. I'm ready. So, okay. I know. I think I summarized it up pretty well. Our last um, podcast, I said, my mom fucked me up. My dad did fucked up shit. Whoa. I love big that. Di- big difference. <laughs> I need several moments to process that. Yeah. Whoa. It's pretty good. So I'll paint the picture for what happened. So okay. I was picking my mom up for the airport at 545 in the morning. I was a little <laughs> late. I was a little late. <laughs> 550. I was like, oh, fuck. I hope she's not like waiting for me outside. Because like, I-, I love getting the airport early. Like, I love the airport. I'll get to the okay. airport three hours early and just right. biggest smile on my face. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I don't care if she wants to leave that early because she had a nine o'clock flight. So I get there. I'm a little bit late. I call her. I'm like, hey, I'm here. You know what's going on? No answer. 
Um, I'm like, I bet she's just doing some last minute shit. Um, oh no. Yeah. So that's five fifty. at six 30. She calls me back <laughs> and says, Holy shit. I just woke up. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like your flight leaves at nine. I don't think we're going to hit morning traffic yet. Like just come on down. We'll, we'll head over. And she's like, yeah, okay. I just got to pack first. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. Oh yeah. I was like, okay. Like, I don't know what to say. I was speechless. Uh, yeah. Okay. Just go ahead and do that. Then I'll be down here. Hurry up. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm not taking you to the airport again for this trip. Like if you miss this flight, I'm not taking you back. Like, I'm not going to wait here and take you in three hours. Like, I got shit to do. So, anyways, 7.30. 7.30. An hour later, no, nothing. I call her. Hey, are you almost ready? It's now we're going to hit morning traffic. People are going to commuting to work. And your flight leaves at 9. It boards at, what, 8.20? I don't know what time it boards at. Okay. It probably boards around 30 to 40 minutes early. So, I'm not sure if you're going to make it. Hurry up. She's like, okay, I'm almost ready. Come up and grab my suitcase. I'm like, okay. So I go upstairs. I go into her room and it's fucking chaos. The suitcase is not packed. It's wide open. <laughs> and there's just stuff overflowing out of it. Like little weird shit that I don't like, I've gone on several trips. I don't remember having all this little weird shit. And like what? <laughs> like, ba- like bags of shampoos, like different ones. <laughs> and they're falling out. Makeup stuff, toys from Lauren, I guess, candy, food. It's so weird. Sunflower seeds, hell? two huge bags of sunflower seeds. <laughs> what are you doing? So she's like, <laughs> Can you can you finish this? And I'm like, uh no, I'm not gonna pack for you. I'm not, I'm not like no close, close the suitcase, close the suitcase, I'll carry it downstairs. Right. So a normal person, maybe I go up and I'm like, Yeah, I'll do this real quick. Come out, but I can't like cross that boundary. Yeah. So I'm sitting there watching her. She literally throws herself on top of the suitcase and is trying to shut it. <laughs> she, she and I, I'm just like, oh my God. And her hair is soaking wet. And I'm like, did oh, you shower? My You're God. late. <laughs> I look in the bathroom out of the corner of my eye and it's just fucking everywhere. <laughs> and I fucking, it was crazy. Everything was crazy. So uh, I'm like, okay, we got to so go. I'm so triggered by this. We're on the road by 8.45. I get us to San Diego airport. It's about a 33 minute drive. I get there in about 30 minutes. Like I was driving, I wasn't speeding or anything, but I get us there. The first thing I said when she got in my car, well, first thing she said was, I'm sorry that I made you get here so early and I was late. And I was like, I accept your apology. Like, let's mm-hmm. go. I was like, let's just, let's just make sure that doesn't happen again. Like, what can we do? And she, and she like lost, she was like, what do you mean? That'll never happen again. That's never happened before. I take oh, it to the airport all the time. And I was like, my mm. God, I was like, well, a lot of the same factors are going to be at play going forward. Yeah. I didn't mention any, but like medication, also the person she lives with doesn't go to bed till she's super late and it's a really weird dynamic but my mom said i couldn't pack until she went to bed and my mom fell asleep in her suitcase i'm not kidding she was face down in her suitcase when she woke up and i was like mom that that none of that's normal do you understand so i now have to create new boundaries for her flight which we'll get to after the story so anyways we're we're driving down i know it's a lot i'm having a lot of (laughs) I know. I you heard my bam, so bam, bam. Jeez, it was, it was a lot. We're driving down. Side note: She's going through a lawsuit right now because she was sexually harassed at work, and uh, her work her work didn't do anything for her. Oh, jeez. So she has to relive that trauma mm-hmm. during this lawsuit, and also her sexual assault trauma from her childhood. Right. She's living through. So Absolutely. she shared that with me a couple weeks ago, and I listened to it. 
I was trying to be supportive. Okay, great. Um, she starts talking about it again on the way down. And I'm like, Hey mom, like, I can't listen to you do this right now. First of all, I'm super pissed. Yeah. Like, I, I can't be there for you, but I think you talking about dicks and your mouth, it's just a little uncomfortable for me. You being my mom. So let's not yeah. talk about that. And then she kind of starts to cry about how she has no one and she's mm. so lonely. And uh, mm. she's like, I just don't have anybody to be there for me like that. And I was like, well, I'm sorry. That's not me. It can't be your son. Yeah. It can't be me. So yeah. that really pissed her off. So the two things so far that have really pissed her off that we got into a huge argument about last night, the comment I made about how we need to make sure that this doesn't happen again. And then saying that it's can't be me, mom, like setting that boundary. So two boundaries. So both boundaries. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Whoa. Fast forward. People can't manage boundaries. No, absolutely not. Um, Yeah. Fast forwarding. We're at the airport. I'm dropping her off. My heart is beating so fast. Yeah, this is important. I park in the middle lane. So there's one more lane and then the curb. Okay, I pull out. I get out. I pull out her two bags. I set them down. She's still in my car. I'm sitting there waiting for her to get out. Uh, You know, you're in a hurry. What are you doing? And she's just sitting there. She's still all frantic. She gets out. And I say, love you. Have a good flight. Godspeed. She got really mad at that. godspeed comment but i was like it just is from a movie it means kind of like good luck like yeah. i don't know it's nothing and then uh what else she said one thing oh she said what am i supposed to do if i miss my flight and i said <laughs> i said mom i don't know that's not your problem i don't know but don't fucking call me i'm not coming back <laughs> you yeah. have to leave her home like an adult when you make a mistake you correct it you fix so, it i didn't say that i just said ah man i have or no idea manage the consequences of your mistake yeah, everything. So oh I, I get in the car and I fucking skirt out. <laughs> so, okay, that was terrible, right? I go home, I go on with my day, whatever. She fucking, she calls me last night and she's super pissed. And she's pissed about three things. I, I already explained them. The last one was the, that I didn't know was the suitcase. So apparently she said, and I don't know what, she's like a, what's the term where you have to lie, compulsive liar? Yeah. Right. Okay. So, and I, I know that that's true because my sister warned me. She's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, mom's talking a ton of shit on you right now. Cause that's where she went. She went to visit my sister. Um, she's talking shit to my boyfriend's parents. Um, they're actually defending you. Um, but everything's cool. I just want to give you a heads up. I'm like, okay. So I called her very respectful and wonderful of your sister. to do. It was amazing. Yeah. So I called my mom last night to confront her like, Hey, are we good? Um, which actually I made a mistake by saying that, which I'll get to because I okay. did have counseling this morning. Um, but she, she's like, well, yeah, you pissed me off a couple of times. So all those instances, I pissed her off. And then the last one was with a suitcase. She, so she said that she was on the ground crying because she has, she had back surgery. She can't move. Right. But she can move. Like, she's not like your mom where she's hunched yeah. over the whole time. And I'm in the middle of the road. I didn't think about putting her suitcase up on the curb, but that's what she was so mad about. Uh, I was crying. I was in the middle of the street. I was alone. I was scared. I felt conditionally loved like threw that in my face because I was telling her how that's how she raised me. And she's like some other man had to come and she's like, and he started calling you my Uber driver. And I was like, no, that's my son. And (laughs) I was like, I don't know how any of this is true. Like, I don't know if it's true. So I just was like, because obviously all that, all those emotions shouldn't go along with that experience. Correct. Right. Okay. So I said, you're telling me if I put your suitcase up on the curb, you wouldn't have felt any of those feelings. She's mm-hmm. like, no, I wouldn't have. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. But you, 
complain about those same feelings 50% of the time. So like I, I caught myself, I was, I'm not here to educate you on this shit. So yes. oh. I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, you know what, mom, I'm sorry. I put your suitcase down, not on the curb. Next time I'll try to put it on the curb. Like I, I don't want to hurt your back. It wasn't an intention. I'm sorry. Right. Hopefully that would be the end of it. I think that was even nice that you took the suitcases out of your car, to be yeah. honest. I, yeah. yeah. I was going to pop the trunk and say, get the fuck out. Yeah. There we go. She's lucky that you still took her to the airport. I know. And that's what my sister's um, boyfriend's parents said. Yes. They're like he actually handled that really nice. Man, if someone was that late for me, I would have taken off an hour later. Like, yeah. So she starts complaining about that to me. She's like, yeah, I even talked to like a dad about you. And he just said that you're his he's your son. He should never have done that. And I was like, what dad did you talk to? I know who it is. And I was thinking, I didn't want to incriminate my sister, put her in a tough spot. I would have been like, actually, that's not what happened. I was already told what happened. Right. But I just was like, you know, I don't care what someone else says. Don't compare me, blah, blah, blah. And you want to, right. And you want to respect, like you said, the confidentiality between you and your sister. Yeah. Cause she's still out there. I don't want to put my sister in harm's way. Absolutely. But I guess, Oof. Yeah, I don't know. You handled it way better than I would have. Dude, it was crazy to, especially the conversation after like that, I could have moved on past, I could have moved on, moved past it. But when she starts talking to me, she even started saying like, cause it got way bigger than it needed to be obviously in our argument. And she was like, I'm just so terrified that one of these days you're going to tell me you don't want me to be your mom anymore. And I was like, Hmm, Hmm. sounds kind of rich mom. Didn't you say that to me when I was how many, like literally how many times? Like, I've never said that to you, but you have actually said it to me. And she's like, well, uh, I, sorry, I fucked up one time. And it, it, was oh my God. it was when you were like 13. I was like, that's funny. Cause I remember many times the kicker. This is the best part. Her main point. She's like, I feel so guilty asking anybody for help. I feel so guilty asking you for help. And you made me feel so bad about being late when I was in the car. I felt so much more guilty. And I wish you had said, it's okay, mom. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to make it. And I was like, what the fuck? What about Nick? What about me? What about my feelings? I was pissed. And you're telling me to put that aside and make you feel better. Come on. Like, come on. You got to know this. Oh my God. I'm trying so hard not to get educational. And I'm just like, come on. Like, you, like, come on. Don't pull that shit. You know, you've got to know what you're doing right now. And she didn't. And I was like, I just told her, I was like, you know what? I handled that better than I think most people would have. I couldn't agree more. I think like there's so many other things that could have happened and like you managed it so fucking well. It was, that was was last straw. I was like, fuck this. Like, no, I was, I was hard on her after that. Cause she kept, she kept circling and she's like, I'm just afraid. Like, aren't you afraid of our relationship? Like, isn't it, I don't want it to be bad. I'm like, no mom, I'm not afraid of losing our relationship. You cut the tie already. I brought you back into my life with boundaries and you're complaining about those boundaries. Do you understand what you're doing right now? You agreed to my terms when you came back into my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fucking A. Jesus. And that's why I am so like wrapping that up. Like, I'm so glad you talked about like you set just that sentence. Like you set boundaries to let your mom back into your life. And then dealing with like, there must be a book out there about like what to do if your parent is a narcissist and oh, sure. like how to manage that as a parentified kid, because, you know, that's like what we both were the oldest of 
siblings who is parentified and has to manage the things that the parent can't. And so the parent then is conditioned to expect the things from you that they probably got when we were kids. Like, yeah, she she tried to husbandize me twice, right? Once in the car, like, Like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she Mm -hmm. wanted me to do. She wanted me to be the husband for her, right? Mm -hmm. Can't do it. I already set that boundary. Yep. And then she did it on the way to the airport when she was like, I just don't have anybody. It's like, mom, that's not me. Something I'll never understand mothers and sons. I have two, it's me and my sister, you know, and I just, I think there's such an interesting kind of relationship between mothers and sons. And I think for our listeners out there, if you have any interesting stories or relationships about, you know, or if you have any stories about your relationships with your parents, and if this sounds familiar to you, if you have a narcissistic parent, if you have these kind of same issues, like we want to hear about it, we want to talk about it. Or any experience or an input on what I should I just say my solution or like what I was, what I'm going to do next time or something right yeah. now? Or do you want to jump in? I want to hear what you were going to do. Um, I want to also say like, like I want to close out that sentence and say, if you want to tell us about it, email us at trauma drama pod at gmail.com. And we are going to listen and read and like circle back. So yeah, yes, absolutely. tell us now, like that's your, that's you. That was a big trauma moment. Like yeah. tell us how you managed it. What is your Fuck, dude? So next time I have to preface the conversation on the phone, the phone, obviously I hope to God I'm never in that same fucking airport fiasco again yeah. with her. So that's, that shouldn't happen again. Talk right? about like, new boundary and never yeah. do the airport again. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> No, the new boundary for that is we're going to have to add an extra 15 minutes on our adventure together, mom. You call me when you're up and packed and I will come yep. over and pick you up. I That's love it. that. I love no, that. No more fucking, yep, you're at 545 when the sun rises. Like Absolutely I'll send not. smoke signals out my fucking window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So no, my counselor said that when dealing with borderline personality disorder, it's important to like outline the parameters of the conversation before you go into it. So mm-hmm. If I do have issues with like that with my mom again, or like going forward, tell her before the conversation starts, mom, love is off the table right now. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with love. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the experience and the experience alone. So that should have been just the suitcase, right? If you take right. love off the table, can you just put my suitcase up on the curb next time? Absolutely. Can do. Thank you for We're that. Done. Yep. Yep. On. yep. Okay. So, and if they start diverting from the conversation, like the pathway of the conversation, like pull out. Huh? Say no, we're not. Oh, you. <laughs> God damn it, Nick. Uh, withdraw from the situation <laughs> and come back to the conversation when you guys have like clear heads. So that's my plan going forward. What 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 do you think? Oh no, I think I think that's brilliant. Like I have, I cannot even tell you how many stories I have that are so similar to that about my mom. And I think like if I had half of that strength and ability to like make those kind of trauma-informed decisions in the moment, I, I think my relationship with my mom would be a lot better off because I, I struggle a lot um, for, I don't think I've told our listeners this yet, but I, and I might have because of what I'm about to say, but I, I have PTSD and because of that, I have um, dissociation. So I dissociate a lot out of triggering or traumatic situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the times when I have situations like that with my mom, I either completely shut down or I like flood and then freak out and then shut down. But either way, I have a really hard time remembering. So I have a really hard time remembering 
what happened, the process steps that I took or like where I could have made changes or not, because it's just, it, my brain has to protect itself. So I just, I shut down and I detach. Um, and that's something I'm still trying to cope with or, or trying to manage, um, by like doing a lot of grounding work and like, mm-hmm. what do I smell or like pinching my fingers or doing something to bring like my, like bring you back. back to the moment to my, yeah, to my body into the moment. And, um, so I can think of so many great stories, but that all end in like me, they're screaming at my mom <laughs> and leaving. But it's also funny because most of these stories, your wife, my best friend has been there. Yeah. And that's always been really like, really fun to see what I experienced from somebody else's point of view. So I was going to say, I wonder what it would have been like if like somebody else was there helping you like manage this or like seeing it, you know? Um, like I remember when we went to the casino with your mom and I was like, holy shit, Nick, like this is something I'm feeling something like, are you okay? Or like when we do things and we're around your mom or like at the wedding and I'm like, holy shit, what do you need? Like, (laughs) can I play interference? And, um, I think there's so many times where we can, we can be either the friends to protect our other friends, or we can ask our friends, you know, to be there just as buffers for us. Like Kayla, Kayla has been my buffer for (laughs) <laughs> 10 plus years, like uh, absolutely. literally for as long as we've been friends and helping something that helps me a lot is having somebody else in the room. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause when you're alone like that, it is hard. Mm-hmm. And part of my trauma or whatever is, I mean, disassociation. Absolutely. But yeah. I also like, I don't, it's different. I remember everything. And like mm-hmm. part of my gnarly anxiety before some emotional work happened was I would replay all those moments and everything over my head over and over and over again and the only way for them to go away was to be like I don't know drinking running like fucking sprinting till I like pass out or something but I don't know in those moments it does help to be able to disconnect yes from the situation yes but if you disconnect from a situation do what you do it's not helpful correct so I don't, maybe that's like a man woman thing. Cause I know there was like one scientist who's, who used the analogy of like a box being pulled out of a shelf. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of that? I've heard of like spaghetti versus waffle brain. Mm, I don't think it's the same. Stop mm-hmm. me if it is, but like men pull out one box, deal with one box, put that one box back without touching anything. And a woman grabs fucking five boxes, opens them all up, mixes yep. them around and puts them all back in wrong places. We have, it's the same analogy, just different things. Okay. So like, like male brains are like waffles, like each little square is its own little square and it doesn't touch each other. Oh. And women's brains are spaghetti. Every single noodle is like there twirling and connecting and touching every other noodle. And if you start a sentence on this noodle or a thought on this noodle, it ends up getting involved in all the mess. And that's perfect. Yeah. If waffles are spaghetti or like little boxes, how you open and manage boxes. And I agree. Like there is absolutely a scientific difference between our brains, but it also like, there's so the brain is so interesting and there's so many different things that inform how we make decisions. And I think, I think I was talking about this in our last episode, like wishing I had more knowledge about what my therapist calls my little trauma brain. Cause mm. like I I've been working on like removing my trauma from my sense of self. But then when I do that, now I'm like left with this sort of lack of sense of self. And I know I've said that in other episodes too, but like thinking about my trauma brain as like right next to me, like it's not actually my brain. It's not actually, you know, what's happening in my head, even though it is, but thinking about how I can blame things on that 
is so helpful to remove myself from it. And, um, it's Which a really isn't good, good or is, no, good. it is, it's a it great tool. Okay. Yeah. Cause it helps me, um, it helps me recover more quickly from dissociation. So like after I come out of a dissociation, like feeling so guilty that like, I let that happen, but now I can be like, God, my trauma brain, like you really got me that time. And, you know, we'll get better next time. And like, let me work to retrain and let me work to manage. And so I think like, there's so many different process steps, different types of therapy, different strategies to manage what we manage. And I think it's so interesting how we all manage it in kind of a different way, but I think that's what we're talking about. I think that's why we're here. Yeah. Um, mine, I guess, is my trauma brain would be like mm-hmm. little Nick, right? Or like, yes, we talked about that too. Yes, totally. So keeping like, so in this situation, my mom, I never, he was unfazed, mm-hmm. but that's part of the boundaries. Like, you're Absolutely. nowhere fucking close to this guy. Absolutely. Like, this, this guy that you wrecked. Yeah, he is mine to protect, wasn't even affected. So, yep. so it's funny, Kayla has a, has an easier time yeah. hitting him. Yeah. And that's when I've got to like cave. And, but I yeah. always, it's always for me, it's always going inward. So it's interesting for you that you keep yours on the outside a little bit. Yeah. The analogy, when you're talking about the analogy, I think about like, if you had like a bunch of, I don't know how to explain this. Like (laughs) if I was holding like a tape measure and the Mm -hmm. tape measure goes all the way out and then can come all the way back in. And like, you let your length of distance impact, like who can reach you. So Mm -hmm. like you're keeping your mom really far away on your tape measure and you're keeping your wife, of course, like a little bit closer on your tape measure. And so it's easier to get to you and you have to set boundaries by keeping certain people further away. Like that is absolute. And it doesn't mean that they're further out of your life. It doesn't mean they're further out of your day to day, but it means they're further away from you, your heart, yeah. your emotions, your healing. Like I like the tape measure idea. I yeah. think about it like as mental housekeeping. Oh yes. Mental decluttering, emotional decluttering. Oh, like that? A little yeah. tidying. No, that was me using a uh, broom. I mean <laughs> that makes sense. No, yeah. I I want like oh, I want to tell so many stories. Like now yeah. your story really inspired me. I think something that's happening to me lately, and I, I can tell a little bit more of this story too, is like my mom, I don't know if I've said this before. I probably have. For those of you that haven't heard it or are just now listening, my mom um struggled, you know, with drugs her whole life and then overdosed when I was 17. She survived her overdose. Um, I found her, took, you know, called 911, did all those things. And then after that, she wanted nothing to do with me because like it was my fault that I found her. It was my fault, you know, that she was like discovered and things like that. Um, Luckily, my dad was in the picture at the time. So CPS did not have to get involved because we had another primary caregiver. But my dad wasn't living at home at the time, which that was anyways, it it gets pretty complicated. But more of the moral of the story is after my mom overdosed, I moved out and lived literally anywhere else, but lived with my grandparents and then moved to my college campus and then did this and did that. Um, but I set the condition with my mom and my dad that I would not have a relationship with them after that incident until both of them were sober. And that was about eight years ago. Yes. Um, How's that looking now? About the same. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, uh, luckily my dad is almost two years sober. So about a year and a half sober. My parents are now, my parents are now divorced, which is fucking fantastic. They should have been divorced a long time ago. Um, But my mom still struggles 
with her addiction due to her chronic pain and like just yeah. state of being. Um, and so I think like, because of that, we've really struggled with our relationship because she, she to this day does not think she has a drug problem. If I was to ever confront her about any sort of drug, she would tell me, look me in the eyes and tell me she doesn't take drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, she tried to look you in the eyes. Try. She'd be like, like, upside down all the time. And I'm like, mom, you're clearly high right now. Like, what are you doing? So yeah, she tells me she's a station on drugs. And um, <laughs> I've seen her for some big occasions throughout the years, birthdays, weddings, things like that. Um, there has been times where we've gotten closer and times where we've drifted apart. But now I'm at a part in my life where, you know, I'm financially, emotionally independent. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't have any other connection to my parents other than what I deem that I want to pursue. Right. Um, but my mom <laughs> cannot get that through her head and has been like threatening me a lot lately that, you like, via what? text. Like, like how? Threatening like my life. Like she she's kill like, you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? She'll text me and be like, if you don't fucking reply to me right now, I'm going to come down to Colorado and wring your little fucking neck. What? Jesus yeah. Christ. And I'm like, mom, literally, no, you won't. And also, I'm not scared of you. So, no, what? No, thank you. Um, she's on the no fly list. Literally, she is like, <laughs> she's she's out of control. And what so I've been fuck? trying to like set, there's been lots of times in my life too where I've had to like block her from my phone and do this and do that and like work to rebuild. She has good days and bad days. And so, um, yeah, it's been, it's been out of control. But she does this thing where she goes one whole week texting and calling me every single day and, and then like threatening me and doing all those things. Uh-huh. And, I, and then I don't hear from her for months. What the fuck dude. And then she'll do it again. Call me right now. I need to tell you something very important or else I need to do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, mom, holy shit. Like That's I so weird. do not. And I, most of the time, like this last time she was texting me and texting me and I said, Hey mom, I'm working. I'll call you this weekend. Like I'm yeah. good. Hope you're good. Love you. Like, like a normal That's human interaction. Normal human. Mm-hmm. And then I call her. She, I leave her a voicemail. She doesn't answer. Doesn't call me back, but then continues to threaten me via text. What the fuck? It's so backwards. It's just so fucking distorted from real oh, life. Oh, backwards. I just like, ugh. But um, something I've been noticing lately about my dad is like since my dad's sobriety, he's regressed to the age that he started his addiction. No way. Yeah. So he's been... Um, what age? Like, he started drinking about 2025. 20, okay. And so is now in his mid, God, they were born in. It's got to be in the 50s, almost right? Almost 60. Yeah. Mid 50s. Yeah. And dresses and acts like a 20 year old is, no is dating somebody who's really young, like 20 years younger than him, almost my age. Like, wow. Very strange. So I think we can. I, I want to stop there and I want our yeah, next episode yeah. to be about dads. And I think we can dive into <laughs> that next. Um, but That's I think crazy. Can, it's crazy. So I'll just leave you with that little teaser. Yeah. I mean, um, I could talk about mommy issues all day, all day, I mean, all day, but um, yeah, I want to close with our sweet and sour or one of our segments. Oh yeah. And, no, we got two more. Do we have time? Yep. I okay. think so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, the, we'll try to bust through the first segment. Cool. The new one is fuck one, marry one, kill one. 
Uh, yeah, but I didn't prep any women or men. I don't know what we <laughs> want to do. Um, so we can just, I want Scarlett Johansson to be involved. Instead. Obviously. I just watched Black Widow. So. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. Oh I was God. saying, okay, I'll just pick Scarlett Johansson. I would also like, um, oh my God, this is so embarrassing for me. Harley Margo, Quinn. Harley, Thank oh, you. Mar- How'd you yeah, know? How'd nice you one. know? Margo, Margo Robbie. Damn, you're good. <laughs> okay. Um, and then... I don't know. Who do you want the last one to be? Oh, we could do like a, I think Olivia Olsen. Wanda. <gasps> Good one, Johnny. Johnny, our producers put in the, in the chat Zendaya. Oh, okay. Pretty controversial. Yeah, that's easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, go. Okay. Go first. All right. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I don't want to kill any of them. You have to. Okay. I would obviously marry Zendaya. My ne- She's my number one forever okay. and always. I would love to, this is pretty inappropriate. I would love to have just fucked the shit out of Margot Robbie. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And then I would probably kill Scarlett Johansson. Oh, no shit. irony. I don't want to. Yeah, you have to kill one of them. I just did. Scarlett oh, Johansson. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. Okay. I thought you said, never mind. I don't want to kill him. I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, you have to kill mm-hmm. him. I, no, that's I think mine's fact. fucking almost the opposite. I'm killing really? Zendaya. Yeah, I'm killing Zendaya. Like, are you kidding? That was so easy. Thanks, Johnny. We're in a fight. We are in a fight. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Bah. Um, that's upsetting. Yeah. I'm marrying Scarlett Johansson and I'm fucking Margot Robbie. That's, I'm in love with Scarlett Johansson forever and always. But those two were close. They were close because I'm like, I, I really love Margot Robbie, but I only love Margot Robbie like really in Wolf on Wall Street. That's true. That Probably because is... she's naked for half the time. Right. But I love ScarJo and everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> um, uh, I love right. that. Well, we can close with our sweet and sour. Sweet and I sour. Mm-hmm. You go uh, first. I'll go first this time. Uh, my sweet is weddings because just got back from one. Um, cool. Love was in the air. It was great. I love weddings. Uh, sour, fucking um, borderline. So yeah, that shit took Jesus. me six hours. That's so horrible. Yeah. Um, my sour is that this week my dog peed on my bed while I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> on top of my very expensive uh, duvet cover, my bed is like my one sanctuary. Like I buy yeah. really expensive like sheets and and like duvets and all these wonderful things for my bed, and she just got up there and just just peed your bed should be your sanctuary thank you sorry about that but you're still gonna go with the the no punishing thing you're just gonna you said months ago our trainer said she'll figure it out eventually we're just not gonna punish her i grabbed her by the collar and threw her in the crate i was like (laughs) you bitch Uh, it was so upsetting and then my sweet is probably that we are going to a padre game on monday oh what yeah they're out there yeah, we're going to see the Rockies and the Padres play. So that'll be really fun. Um, taking like an afternoon early, like I'm leaving at four, which is like not a big deal to other people maybe, but it's a big deal to me. To yeah, like, yeah. I'm leaving at four, this is huge. I'm going to a game. So that's going to be really fun. Um, but yeah. That's super cool. I wish the first thing that popped in my head wasn't, oh, you're going to be in town. I should have I should have just known. <laughs> that's okay. I wish we were in town. That'd be so much better if we were at Petco, but what can you do? Yay. All right. Well, great. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate you. Love you always. Yeah, I love you too.